0: You guys are a distance here. Let's do this. No, I'm not. I walked out of it. Yeah? No? No. I'm teasing you guys. I'm sorry. I thank you guys for coming here. I'm. I, if you're online, I'm teasing because uh, we're missing quite a few. And you know what? Although it's Sunday and we dedicate this day to the Lord, I'm thankful for those that are out, that are with their families, that are enjoying this weekend. Maybe they're camping, maybe they're visiting, maybe there are other places. But you know what? We really should be out in the world. We should be out celebrating. We should be rejoicing at all times. And when we do that, we hope that you have a firm grasp on the love of Jesus Christ and that you're sharing it with everybody you're with. You know, tomorrow's the 4th of July, Independence Day. We have freedom. And you know what? Our freedom is 100% dependent on God Himself. Our freedom from sin is 100% dependent on the salvation we have through Jesus Christ His Son. So when we think of, we're free, we can do anything, We need to know that that freedom costs a lot. Here in America, it costs the lives of a lot of people that have fought and died for this country so that we may sit here today in freedom. In salvation, it costs the Son of God his life upon the cross so that we may be free from sin. So I hope that we take that time today and tomorrow and and honestly every day of your life And think of the freedom we have, the freedom from the grasp of sin because of Jesus Christ. Dear Father in heaven, we come to you this morning and Lord, we know that there's a lot of activities coming on and and we pray for our pastor, Eric. We pray for his wife and and Lord, we know of many others that were uh, sick in this week. We pray for all of them and Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that, that even on short notice, Lord, your Holy Spirit, We'll get your word out, Lord, your book, your word. Lord, every breath that we take is from you. And we just pray, Lord, that especially myself, that I don't get in the way of your message. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you for the people that are online or will be watching this later. Lord, may your word be abundant throughout the United States and throughout the world. May we know the love, the grace, the hope that you offer us, Lord. May we receive that gift that you have freely given us. And Lord, we bow our knee in dependence on you. And just with great thankfulness, Lord, just desire to praise you and worship you. You are a holy God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you hadn't known or don't know Eric uh, at the last, not last minute, uh, but Thursday night gave me a text asking if I could preach today. Um, so if I'm a little scattered and a little running around, that is why. Um, we often joke that we should always carry a sermon in our pocket so that if something happens to one or the other of us that we can bounce it back and forth. Uh, I usually have a lot of ideas, but to be honest with you, this one I took through and, and I do have a few in my pocket, but this wasn't one of them because I believe that God was speaking to us, and it may have been the sermons that we're going through in Hebrews. It may be just the things that were happening this week. Uh, But I wanted to share about Christ, (laughs) as always, um, but his supremacy and his sufficiency. The supremacy of Christ, knowing, and, and as we saw in one of the songs, my all in all, that Christ is supreme above all things there is nothing that he was lacking there is nothing he can't handle there is nothing in the way of us in God through Jesus Christ in his sufficiency on the cross Christ said it is finished meaning that everything that needed to be done for us to be with Christ or I'm sorry to us to be with God in everlasting life has been completed It's done. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing we missed. There's nothing that Christ missed. He is in control. He is above all things. He has given us all things to be with Him. My confidence, my all in all. I love that song. As you see on the notes that we gave out, I did not put, or I did not have Sean put the text in here. You guys, you have a choice. You can listen to me and believe me that I'm reading out of God's Word and that it's truthful. Or you can pick up God's Word. You can take the Bible. We're going to be in Colossians today. The reason I didn't put the text is because as a man, I can fail. I I can just make mistakes. I could miswrite it, put in the wrong things. But you guys, we're going to talk about God's truth This is God's truth. There is nothing flawed in here. This is not an inherent Bible of, of, maybe that's the wrong word, but this is not a book that has mistakes or, you know what, I read another book that said that this meant that something meant something different in this. So that changes. No, you go to the Bible. And so I didn't have the text put in. I, I pray that you will open the Bible If you're not familiar with it, Colossians is backwards from where we were in Hebrews. Go towards the front. Mine is about 75 pages ahead of it. Um, But please find Colossians. We're going to be in chapter 1. Paul's letters, and all of them, start out with a greeting. And they always start bringing grace to the people he's writing to. I know that Eric always says that, and it's true, that we need to know the audience this letter was written to. There is importance in context when you read the Bible. But more importantly, I think, guys, is that you always remember that the reason you have this word in your hand right now is because God has guided it, protected it, and watched over it because it truly is his word, and he is giving it to you. This word is a word for you. And so that's why I ask that you open your Bibles, you read it, I thank you if you have trust in me, I'm a man, I fail, I will try my best. So let's get started, I'll read through it once and then we'll break it down. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. A little back uh, history on Colossians. The city of Colossae is an ancient site in what is now Turkey. I bring that up because, you guys, sometimes we read the Bible and we imagine places. Oh, that was in the Bible. No, that's in the world. That's a real place. This is a real location. The Bible is real. Colossae is a city that no longer exists, but the letters to them are used even this day for our encouragement, improvement. Paul writes these letters, and most of his letters are for encouragement, but he usually has to write them because something's happening in the different churches he's aware of or has founded. This one, false teaching, is coming into the church, and he wants to talk about truth. He wants to make sure that the people that he has heard from and heard of are following the true word of God. So we'll see from here that his letter encourages, it teaches, it corrects and speaks about false teaching. And more importantly, it's a letter to them. It's handed down. Paul is connecting with them. He's saying, guys, we're united. We're together. Let's talk. So the connection through the words and and through all that he does, we get to share that as well. And as he brings that into the world, we have to see what's happening in our world today. Is there false teachers among us? Yes, unfortunately. Even some of the things that are, are represented as true and biblical are false or misleading. We do have an adversary, Satan, and you know what? He's not going to stand up here in the full realm of his terror and and say, come on everybody, let's go to hell. You're not going to go. What he's going to do is he's going to take the word and he's going to take what you hear and he's going to add just a little twist to it. And he's going to try and fill a little more in there so you might get confused, at least distracted because he wants to pull you away from God. Paul sees that and he sees the false teaching that's going on. So he wants to come back and say, guys, number one, Christ is supreme. There is no other God. There is only our God. And he's also going to share that everything that is needed, he has done. You do not need Christ and. There is no God and. There is just God His salvation, the love of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So as we get going in here, Paul comes to you and he's like, grace to you guys. And if you read the whole thing at the end, he says, grace is now with you. And he does that in every letter that he has. So as we hear his words today, think about what you're receiving. You're receiving the word of the Lord. You're receiving truth. Take that and through the discernment of the Holy Spirit that is with you, decide where to go with that. Paul, as usual, starts out with a greeting. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. First thing he says is that it's not only Paul that's writing this letter, he's with his friend Timothy a fellow believer in Christ. So some of the things that we'll hear through the Bible is going to be we and us. So there's a plural. Mainly this is a letter from Paul. Timothy is with him. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. What he is doing here is he is bringing the Gentiles into the realm of those of the Jews. He's saying to the saints and faithful brothers. You're the same as we are. You're lovers in Christ. There is no difference. Whether Jew or Gentile, Christ has come to save. And that's pretty remarkable. That's that's pretty interesting because at the point, there are a lot of people in different areas that didn't believe Christ was for them. How could he be? I'm a sinner. I didn't grow up with the right history and the right genealogy. I'm not in that path. We sometimes think of that today and go, wow, I've been bad. And, you know, I never went to church as a child and I wasn't raised with the right thing. So how could Christ love me? He does. We are saints and faithful brothers in Christ Jesus. He comes to them and understanding that this is going to be a letter of correction. First thing he does is he thanks, gives thanksgiving and he's praying for them. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. We thank God, and he throws in Jesus Christ, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That does a couple things right there. It gives the supremacy of God. It gives the supremacy of Jesus Christ. He is the one and only Son of God. John 3:16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, which we often miss, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Giving the supremacy of Christ, that he is the salvation of the world. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Hope laid up for you in heaven is not a dream. The hope is the excitement and the anticipation anticipation of waiting for something that is real. That is hope. It's not a wish for an imaginary dream. It is the hope of, come on, Sometimes we sit and and I, I used to really be annoyed by faithful Christians that have known the Lord forever and are getting up there in age and going, take me, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. I hope he comes now. And I'm like, wait, I'm only 30, 40, 50. I'm 60 something now. And yes, come, Lord Jesus. I'm waiting. I'm excited. I'm hopeful. But you know what? He's got his time. And there are so many others in this world that have the same rights and desires and love that God has given me, the same grace and mercy. And he knows exactly when he's going to close his book. And I'll wait. I'll patiently wait. Of this you have heard before, the word of truth, the gospel. The word of truth is the good news of Jesus Christ. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection everything that he is doing right now on our behalf everything that he will do for us the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing you know what we sometimes watch the news and watch the wrong things and we think the world's crumbling it's going down ah god's working in this world god's not beaten God supreme. His word is going out to those he loves. It is expanding. It is being there. It's bearing fruit. And you know, we're teaching the kids about bearing fruit. Kindness is what they were going to learn about today. How important kindness is to one another. That we're not arrogant. That we're not fighting with everybody. I, maybe like you, flip through Facebook. And all you hear, this week somebody posted about a good sandwich at a restaurant. And then everybody beat them up. It was crazy. There was no kindness there, even though it started with kindness. The comments you hear about fireworks and celebrations and the anger that is out there. It's because there's no relationships. These people don't know each other. They just want to spout off. Are they spouting in, in kindness and kindness? Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Of course not. Do they know the Lord? Do they know His Word? Maybe that's our fault. Maybe we haven't shared with our neighbor. Maybe we need to do that a little bit better. Maybe we need to bear more fruit and increase the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, you know, an amazing thing is, is that we have salvation, and we can hear about salvation, but we have to receive it. We proclaim it. But most importantly, we need to believe it. We need to believe in our Lord and Savior. We need to believe in His supremacy. We need to believe that He is above all. We need to believe that He is complete in our salvation. I truly believe that. There is no doubt in my mind. I look forward to the day that I'm with him, but I also understand that he has given me each day that I wake up and breathe. And we need to walk in that. He goes on to say, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. This is Paul giving a great recommendation to a man and saying, Go ahead and listen to him. You know, they, they didn't have this Bible. They didn't have God's Word sitting there. They had scrolls from the Old Testament. They had the books of the law. But as it's coming, talking about Jesus, they didn't have the New Testament in their hand. They had people speaking and sharing. You're listening to me, speaking and sharing, but I do have God's Word in my hand. So Paul takes this and he says, Guys, If you're looking for someone to tell you the truth, this man here is telling you the truth. Listen to him. I will pick this up and say, this book here is telling you the truth. Listen to it. I always pray that I speak the word from the Bible. I never want to mislead anybody. I never want to distract. I never want to take away. I know again that I am a man. So I trust in the word of the Lord and that's why I always read the Bible to you guys. I can walk out of here. I've read the Bible. You've heard the word. Whatever I've said, who cares? But what God said is the truth. And so from the day we heard, we have not to ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him how cool would it be for God to look down upon you and say, that's my son, whom whom I'm well pleased. He did that with his one and only. Said, listen to him. So we need to be filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding. We don't need to know what the world thinks to know what they believe, and to break down different syllables and things like that. We need the spiritual understanding through the Holy Spirit of Christ Jesus, God's Son, and of the Lord. When we know His Word, we know Him. When we know Him, we please Him, and we walk in His ways. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Why on earth would we need enjoy or endurance and patience? Because the world is crazy. When we come upon somebody, and guys, it, it happens to me continually, I get so frustrated, so upset. Oh, come on, oh come on. And what God's saying is, I put this in front of you. How's your patience? How's your love? How's your caring? How's your grace? How's your mercy? What are you doing with it? Well, I'm surely not sharing it right now because I'm very upset. That's the unknown fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, uh, being upset. I'm kidding. I'm looking at him because we're... Guys, the angers, the frustrations, and the things that are there they're going to come upon us. They're going to be attacking us continually. The world is against us. We need patience. We need endurance. We need strength in those things so that we can get through here. Don't surrender to the world. Don't surrender to the arguments that are going on about nothing that matter. Stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And even when we have to battle, do it in faith, wisdom, and love, understanding, Just share. That's our job. We're not, it was once said, and I'm poorly understanding this, somebody said, why did this happen? And they were asking a pastor, how could God allow this to go on? And why did this happen? And he said, well, I'm not really in management, I'm in sales. That's what we are, guys. We're in sales. We don't control God in no way, shape, or form. We love him and we share him with others. That's our job. That is the will of God. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Again, guys, he's sharing that the Gentiles are are saints. That it's not about who you were born to. It's about who's in you. Whose spirit are you filled with? Jesus. He has delivered us from the dominion of dark or I'm sorry the domain of darkness and transferred us to his kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When I read that it was pretty cool. I'm like, man, we're on a path that we don't want to be on. And it's like, oh excuse me, um, this one is mine and he belongs over here. You're being transferred. You're not in the right line. And Jesus says, this one's mine. Put you here. And it's just beautiful. He takes us out of the domain of darkness. Brings us into his light. We have forgiveness of our sins. Yes, we're all sinners. We have to admit that. God, I'm a sinner. There's no doubt about it. Whether I stand here and preach out of this word or sit there, or don't even come to church. I'm still the same sinner as everybody out here. I am forgiven through the blood and body of Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. This is cool because when you think about it, Jesus Christ came down to earth. Did He have to? No. It was the way God desired it to come out. If Christ had never appeared, and still the Lord gave us salvation through him, would we believe? Would we understand? Would we have the clarity? God put us in this body with this mind, which is not as great as his. And he said, what I need to do is put somebody that looks like them right in front of them so they understand. And he came in a visible image. Of the invisible God. We were able to see him. And and one of the things that you think of is. When Christ came out of the tomb. The rock was rolled away. Why was it rolled away? Christ didn't need it to be. He can walk right through walls. Which we know. Or go right through walls. The rock was moved so that we could see. Because our mind doesn't accept a lot of things. Unless we feel it. We touch it. We see it. God sent Jesus so we could feel him, touch him, see him. Even now, because some of us, well, all of us were not there, we need a way to know, to feel, to see. And he said, I'm sending my Holy Spirit to be with you. Through faith, we get to see with our eyes something that actually happened back then. The firstborn of all creation. Now we know that, through Hebrews 13.8, which will come upon when Eric gets back and uh, preaches, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ was not a child, firstborn. He was in a humanly form. But the firstborn of all creation, God has always been here. From the beginning of the Bible, Christ has been here. Beyond, before creation, Christ has been there. God the Father and the Son. The firstborn of all creation goes into the firstborn's rights. The inheritance of the Father. This is what they're talking about. Christ's inheritance from God. When somebody passes away, all things are handed to the Son, the firstborn. He gets the greatest inheritance. This is what God is saying. What I have is Christ's. What he has is mine. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. Guys, we we don't have a full understanding of why things go on and what happens. We do understand we're in a world full of sin, that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. I hope that everybody would have salvation. That's one of those wish hopes. And we know that it's not true. Some are destined for glory and an eternal life with God. The option is offered to everybody, but we do know that it won't be taken by all. It is a gift. And he is the head of the body of the church. We have certain things here in this church. We have people that handle finance, people that handle electronics, people that handle announcements, people that handle music. Eric leads this church. The head of the church, meaning the head of Christianity, is Christ. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He took the pain of death, the availability of Satan, to say, I'm going to take your life. You're not going to have it anymore. It's going to be destroyed. And Jesus says, no. Simple no. Jesus broke the chains of death. Death, where is your sting? Jesus took that and he said, you will have eternal life with me. You will share in what I have. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. This is speaking of the sufficiency of God, of Jesus Christ. This is speaking that everything that was needed through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth and in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. We don't understand the crazy things that had to happen Because God is all-powerful and the creation is by a breath. Thought, an idea. God can wave His hands and there's a universe. Can I fathom that? Not a chance. But we do know that Christ did come to earth. He was born as a man through a woman. He was a child. He was a teenager. He grew up He spoke God's word, and the world turned on him. They crucified him. God really wasn't running around, or Christ, I'm sorry, Christ wasn't really running around telling everybody how bad they were and saying all these bad things. He was was really just glorifying God. And when the people saw that they didn't match up, that they were against God, they turned against Jesus. They crucified him. But by his blood on the cross, some way that we didn't know, they thought they were getting rid of him. But he was completing a task. He was completing the salvation of each and every one of us by being on that cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. I wasn't doing evil deeds. I'm a good guy. I'm... I'm, You know, I try to be good. I try to be here on Sundays. I try to read my Bible a lot. How could I be doing evil deeds and and alienated from God and hostile? Isn't he just a God of love and everything's just perfect? God is perfect. I wasn't. I still fail. But God loves me enough to take all that and even while I was his enemy, to love me and to have his son die on a cross for my salvation so that I could be with him forever. And you and me who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he does now reconcile the blood of his flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has proclaimed, been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. If indeed you continue in faith, that kind of sounds like, ooh, I can lose my salvation. Not a chance. No, 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 no. Okay, guys, don't let anybody ever tell you, because there is nothing on earth and heaven, above, below, All the things, and I'm sorry I didn't write that verse down. There is nothing that can snatch you out of the hand of Jesus Christ. The Lord has you. The Lord has wanted you. He loves you. He is supreme. He is sufficient. Meaning not just okay and good enough. He has done everything. He is all in all. We are saved. But you know what? Those of us who have not had the faith. And didn't know or truly don't believe and have never really accepted the Lord. When false teachers come upon us, there can be really good things that are heard. Wow, that sounds right. Wait a minute. You mean if I come to church and and I give money, I'm going to have more money later? That sounds pretty cool. Wait a minute. If I say the right words and, and have people put their hand on me, I'm not going to have to go to the doctor? That's pretty cool. All of those things that go on get falsely taught. Can Jesus save you from anything? Yes. Can God give you recovery from any pain, any ailment, any illness? Yes. Can God make you rich? Yes. I'll be honest with you, I often wonder, come on God, give me a little more, a little more, a little more. Just, Boy, if I could have that little bit more money. And God's going, Ron, you don't even know yourself. If I give you that money, you're going to turn and you're going to go and you're going to be the greediest little guy there is. You're going to be selfish. You're going to do this. You're going to go on your own and think that you did it all. And just because I joke and say that, I truly believe that that's probably in my heart. I thank God for everything that he's given me because he's given me more in abundance than I can ever believe. I'm never in need. I have all that I want. I definitely have everything I need, and God gives me wants and desires on top of that. He shares that I, Paul, became a minister. He wanted to proclaim that, leading to himself not in a prideful way. Paul's not saying, I'm good, look at me. But he's sharing authority, and he also brought that to Epaphras. And he says, trust this. Because again, guys, they didn't have the New Testament sitting there. So Paul gave his side of who he was. He shared who Epaphras was. But above all, he shares who Christ is and what Christ is doing in your life. Christ is supreme. Christ is sufficient. You lack nothing in salvation. Christ has given all. We do live in a world in the United States where we have so much, you guys. But I want you to know, you are not who the world has made you. The influences of the world and what they tell you and who the world says you are, that's not you. You are who you are only by the grace of God. The world wants to take supremacy and say they're better than God and tell you who you are. That's a lie. That's false teaching. By God's grace, you are a son and daughter of the living Lord. You will be eternally with God. Does that mean you'll never struggle? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that Christ will always be with you? God will always be by your side no matter what you're going through? Yes, it does. Will He ever leave you or forsake you? No, He will not. Is there anything you can do to lose your salvation? No, there's not. Did you make your salvation? Was there something you did really well that gave you salvation? No, there wasn't. There was only Christ. That is where your salvation is from. Salvation is a gift, you guys. We have to receive it. It's sitting here. You have to pick it up. You receive it. You proclaim it. Look what the Lord has done for me. Because you know what truths I have? I have the truth of God's word. And I have the truth of my life. I can share those two things very easily. I can proclaim it. But if I don't believe it, it's not going to do me any good. Faith. Have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have faith in who He is. Have faith in what He's done. Have faith in where you're going. No extra promises than that. None needed. God is good. Dear Father in Heaven, we thank You, Lord, and Even if I ramble, Lord, I just know that you are supreme, that you are sufficient, that I am saved. Lord, for those of us that you have chosen, that believe in you, that have faith in your salvation, I thank you, Lord. We are only human, Lord, and we can't praise you enough. There is nothing, a gift that we can honor you with great enough. We can't buy your favor nor are you asking us to. We just thank you, Lord, for this freedom that you have given us from sin. An independence away from sin, an independence away from the evil, the darkness, the domains that rule those. Lord, we thank you for our dependency on you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us this country that we live in, We, Lord, ask for forgiveness of the sins and the abuse that we go through and and put upon you. Lord, we ask that we're not always in, we ask forgiveness that we're not always in your word. and That sometimes we don't share when you've given us the opportunity. Lord, we ask for a filling of you in all that we are. We ask that you really are our all in all in everything that we choose and everything that we see and everything that we do, Lord, may we be led by you as we go out and we celebrate tomorrow, the 4th of July, the independence of this nation. We give you great thanks, Lord, for all of those who have served in in military and governmental ways and, and have led, Lord, so that we can be the nation that we are. But again, Lord, when we continue to think of We're independent and need nothing. We fail to glorify you. So Lord, on this Independence Weekend, may we bow our knee and thank you and say that we are totally dependent on you. Lord, you are awesome God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.